but I need to stay connected to dance because one, I don't know what people are going through. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's the reason we're doing this, right? Like if I, if I don't, um, participate, I just have no idea what's happening. And every time, even if I take a dance class or if I, you know, doing this show, I'm going to feel that pain point so acutely again. Hey friend, it's David Nabinsky here in New York. Here at the Portfolio Career Podcast, we help you take ownership of your portfolio career and design a life that you want to live. Today's conversation is with Ramita Ravi, also known as Rami. Special thanks to Joy Batra of episode 260 for introducing us. As a reminder, Joy is the author of The Freelance Mindset. So for today's episode, uh, Rami is a professional dancer. Uh, She's the first Indian to ever compete on the So You Think You Can Dance show, uh, which you'll learn about in this episode. Uh, You'll learn about her journey as a dancer, freelancing on the side, and now co-founding a company to support dancers and artists. It's called Artswork. It's a talent marketplace for artists. She's on a mission to help artists thrive, find more work, flexible work, and build a life that they love that is also sustainable. So if you're a creative, a founder in the gig economy, or looking to find ways to blend your passions with making a living, this episode is for you. As always, this episode with timestamp notes is available on my website at Portfolio Career Podcast. There you can subscribe to my newsletter. It's a substack called Portfolio Career. So excited for you to build and grow your portfolio career. Here we go with Rami. Uh, Rami, welcome to the show. Thank you. Excited <laughs> to be here. <laughs> um, what do you love about dancing? What do I love about dancing? Um, it's the way that I express. It's the way I've always expressed since I was little. And it's um, a way for me to just like be myself, share my emotions, exercise yeah all of the above share your emotions yeah through dancing Mm -hmm. so do you are you like thinking about a certain like emotion like leading into the dance and you're like okay I got anger and I want to like get some anger out and or um it really goes with music for me like I grew up doing like jazz and contemporary um and that the, both of those styles really lend themselves to with storytelling and yeah, just like being able to like play a character. And um, now I guess like professionally too, you're either in theater, or you're in a um, show, everything is like playing a character. So that's where the emotion comes from. Okay. Yeah. Um, and you've been doing a lot since growing up. Yeah, I started dancing when I was five. My mom and I have a funny story about this, which I apparently wanted to be a gymnast when I was little, and uh, this dance studio was just closer than the gymnastics studio, and so um, she put me into dance, and I started with acrobatics, and then it was like, we started ballet, we started tap, we started everything, and then next thing I knew, I had been competing from age five to 18 and I also did classical Indian dance on the weekends so yeah I have been dancing my whole life and then I I didn't stop in college but I I wanted to major in dance I ended up not majoring in dance but we had a really great dance company at Penn so I did that kind of extracurricularly and then I jumped into you know doing this as a career after school but that's like a whole journey yeah what um (laughs) School dance. What was uh? What was your graduation college graduation day like? <laughs> it was nuts. So I studied health and business in college. Um, and I was I was pre med at the beginning of the call co- at the beginning of college. Then I kind of pivoted into 
you know, the business side of healthcare. And then I started seeing like the business side of dance in general. Um, and one of the reasons that I started getting more interested in like maybe pursuing a career is because my best friend, Nick, who's now my co-founder of my startup, he um, had left college after sophomore year to um, like dance professionally. He went on tour and I was like, oh God, I wanted, I like, why didn't I do this too? Um, but he really pushed me. So senior year, he was like, Rami, you have to audition for So You Think You Can Dance. And um, that had been my like dream show since I was little. And I um, watched it literally from like I don't know, age 10 when it came out and I um, had always wanted to be on it. So the opportunity audition came up and then um, my senior year graduation day, I like went to graduation um, and had to fly like directly from commencement to LA to film So You Think and I made it through to like the top 15 girls and there were like my my episode got aired and stuff and it was really cool because there had never been a South Asian person on the show and uh to me like I watching that growing up and wanting to see someone that looked like me like that was uh kind of like a very full circle moment but that was also the reason that I ended up becoming a professional dancer um because that day was or not just that day but that was a turning point for me to be like okay maybe this is something that I can keep in my life in a longer term capacity um so yeah, then I, that like changed my life and I, you know, started pursuing this as a career. It changed your life because you saw like that things were possible or you started like because of the recognition, because of like what, what kind of, yeah, what was like the next step? Yeah, I think the reason that I was hesitant at first was one, because I mean, Growing up, I just never realized, never really thought that dance could be a career um, or that anything creative could be a career. I just, um, you know, my parents are in healthcare and I kind of, that's the world I knew growing up. And I um, like really cared about school. I, you know, was like always a, like a brainy kid and I really loved um, healthcare. I loved, like, I did a lot of autism research, um, behavioral health. Uh, kind of didn't get into tech until later, but I just, I really loved that space. And I um, also really loved it in college. Like I took public health classes, um, education classes, some classes at Wharton and like all of it was just problem solving, like thinking creatively in a mostly healthcare context. Um, But I just, dance was always something that I did at a very high level and cared a lot about. I just like I think transparently, I never saw anyone that looked like me in the dance industry growing up and or like in the competition world I was in. If you know the show Dance Moms, that's where I grew up um, in Murraysville, Pennsylvania. And so it's just it's not super diverse. That space isn't very diverse. So I just didn't know. I like had no idea I could do that with my career. And then I think so you think it was it was um a moment for me that made me think like, okay, even if I haven't seen this in someone else, maybe like I can be the person that does it. And I do think seeing Nick do it and seeing it in such a like close friend in such a tangible way, I think was really helpful to feel like um, I wasn't alone in it. And then also I do think the business side really resonated with me because I realized that dance is, you know, obviously the art and the performance of it, but there's so much business behind it just to like have a career as an artist is extremely entrepreneurial um and so I think that kind of like satisfied the more brainy side of me to be like okay I I'm actually I think I'll feel fulfilled in a variety of ways if I do take a leap of faith to do this 
but it was really scary. I mean, it was really, <laughs> it was really hard and I can talk more about that, but, um, yeah, it was, that's, that's kind of how I got to that point though. What, what was like, what, when you said it was like scary, what was the scary part? Was it taking the leap, trying to become a full-time dancer? Was it kind of breaking away from other things or, or was it something else? Well, structurally, so my degree was health and business. I had actually submatriculated into a master's of public health program. And that kind of gave me a bit of a cushion because I, I started the MPH my senior year and I was thinking I would just take a gap year. Um, I had that degree like in, in my back pocket if I wanted to come back to it. But, you know, it was flexible enough that they would let me take time off. So um, I kind of like finished senior year after the four years and I was like, okay, let me dance for this year um, and see how it goes. And even just doing that, I think, you know, coming from a a place like Penn where everyone is like very pre-professional and, um, you know, people are like recruiting for consulting at age 18, like freshman year, they get there and they're like at OCR. And so, um, and I did it too. I like went to the info sessions. Yeah. On campus recruiting. Um, we, I like remember going to an info session and just like being, you know, like spread thin between all these different activities I was involved in at school. And I would like sat there looking at like this case book and I was like I just this isn't me like I can't do it (laughs) I was like this is that's not my path um but I basically like coming from that environment and then jumping into an environment where you're not handed a paycheck you don't have a salary you don't have benefits uh you don't have consistent income you don't get like all of these things that you um otherwise would get um at a traditional nine to five or um any other career really, uh, that was really scary to me, especially coming from a family and just like background where, you know, my parents are immigrants, like stability was very important to them growing up. So I think that was all very, very scary. And just making money like in that first year was really nuts, really scary. I uh, came here, I think off of So You Think, I was able to uh, get some work rather quickly but a lot of it ended up being um connected to being south asian so i uh, toured with a bollywood company my first year and then i joined probably like three or four other bollywood companies and that was great because i was able to make money and kind of pay rent but also the way that this works is it's a gig economy it's all freelance work and so i was also picking up extra work doing like flash mobs and I uh, like woke up to do fitness classes in the morning not even teach them just like be in a fitness video I went like got hooked up to these like shock machines at NYU as like a test subject to make like 50 bucks like crazy like crazy nuts of things what what was that like yeah no like I, I mean you see all these like boards of like ways to make flexible mm, money yeah. and uh, I was doing all of them because I just didn't and I I think more more specifically, I had told myself, okay, this year I'm just going to dance um, and then do like, I guess the traditional side hustles that everyone I think dancers are supposed to do um, and uh, basically put my brain away and like just dance and just be in that space. Um, and yeah, so I, I was, you know, kind of like scrambling for cash all over the place. And I reached a point where one, I was like pretty unhappy with what my career in the dance industry had looked like in those few months because even though I was working, I like 
got really funneled into work that only like depended on what I looked like and my skin color. And I, you know, did classical Indian dance on the weekends, but I spent 40 hours a week otherwise training in like a million other things that I wasn't utilizing at all. So I felt pretty boxed in and I was like, you know what, I'm going to stop doing this. Um, I need a better way to make money consistently. Um, and I like need to gear my dance career towards other things. So um, I started freelancing in um, tech and started first working for health tech companies. Um, and that grew into working as like a product designer, UX designer and um, marketing across um, a ton of different startups. But um, that was a really good way for me to earn flexible income and um, be able to then be more intentional about my dance career. So yeah, that's kind of how that yeah, first year went. Yeah, I mean, I can, it, how does, how did you, the first freelancing kind of gigs, like how did that, like, I can, I'm imagining, you know, jumping into dance full time, like obviously you went to Penn and have like incredible background, but then like you weren't working at a startup before, but was it like your prior business experience? And I don't know, you have like YouTube videos from like 11 years ago. Like, was it like some of that prior stuff that you were able to like make a case to these startups to say like, hey, I can do freelance design work or like how, like, I don't know, how did anyone take you seriously or did you just get super lucky? Yeah, no, it's a, it's a great question. Um, So I had interned my junior summer in college at um, TED Med, which mm -hmm. is TED's um, healthcare branch. And I loved it. I just had such a great time that summer. I was working on like writing a lot of talks. And so um, random special skills. <laughs> I like helped write a lot of TED Talks. Um, but I, uh, TED encompasses so much more than just like what's on stage. There is um, a whole like uh, innovator portion of it. There's sponsorships. There is um, a ton of like marketing and distribution, digital marketing that goes into it. So I had reached back out to my boss there and was just like, hey. Um, and the tricky part was I was also looking for work that was flexible and remote. So not full-time startup work. Pre-pandemic too, right? Pre-pandemic. And no one was doing that then. Like I, I'm sure pockets of people, but it wasn't common to yeah. work remotely. And I just like finding part-time flexible freelance work was just weirdly very difficult in 2018. Um, but yeah, through, um, through Ted Med, we were connected with like kind of a, um, health tech incubator and one of the cohort companies, they sent my resume there. And then one of the cohort companies, um, picked me up and, it was, I was really like a Jane of all trades at those first startups. I just was like willing to learn. And I think I did have a lot of different skills that largely came from dance. I think, yeah, like you said, like I had um, marketed myself, I had created videos, I had done all of this stuff for dance for so long. Um, and then being in a healthcare context, I also had kind of like the healthcare insight strategy insight a bit there. Um, but yeah, I was a generalist for like a lot of those first companies. And then um, as I just did it more, I started look, uh, figuring out what skills I really liked and then being able to package that better. So um, I actually went back to TedMed uh, and worked for them for several years um, on and off as, as like a freelancer. And then I worked at a company called Tomorrow Health. Um, I was there from you know, when they were like 15 people to, I think I left, there were like 150 people, um, right before their series B and, uh, a few companies backed by YC, two Sigma. So I, 
got to see a lot of different companies um, grow at different stages. And I really found a love for design, um, not only like design thinking and strategy, but like applying that to products, applying that to marketing, applying that to, you know, just how people think and how you solve problems. So um, that's that's what my consulting turned into. Okay, okay. Yeah. Okay, I can see it now. And you, you mentioned about kind of being boxed in or feeling boxed in before. Uh, do you still feel that way now? Uh, not so much in the dance industry. Um, my dance career has evolved quite a bit. So in 2018, I actually had a very wild moment where th- that fall I was applying to more full-time remote jobs at startups actually um, because I realized that like a dance career um, you know it is time consuming but also there is a lot of flexibility so if I was working remotely I think I would have been able to strike a good balance Um, but I was applying to remote startup jobs which is very hard to find and then I was applying to agencies for dance and um the way the industry works is like we have agents they submit you to jobs and to access kind of you know higher level jobs tv film broadway um all of that you don't need an agent but it's very helpful to have one so actually on the same day october 2018 i um found out that i i got an offer to this like brand uh marketing job at peloton that would have been full-time um and also got an offer for my agency and I was again at this crossroads of like what do I what do I do and like it was that same crossroads I felt you know the fact that my graduation was on the same day as so you think I was like I I originally thought maybe I would have to miss one or the other but I ended up in in this crossroads picking the agency because I figured that tech could like stay in my life in a different way um, and I would find a way to build it back in Um, and I'm really glad I picked the agency that opened the doors to a lot more TV film and theater so um, I have worked I worked on John Oliver on Vice on Fox now this a bunch of different TV shows um and then um it also evolved into a choreography career so um I work with a few like touring artists I choreographed for Coachella last year in Miss America and opened a new Broadway bound musical in San Diego and this just year, casually <laughs> just like <laughs> this is like I'm yeah. I, I like literally can't remember sometimes because there are also gigs so like you know they ebb and flow but the, the next big one, I don't know when this is coming out, but um, the next big one that I haven't announced yet is that I'm doing the Radio City Christmas Spectacular um, with the Rockettes this, this um, Christmas. And there's never been a South Asian person in that show either in 90 years, which um, to me is like this is another like really monumental one. So I'm excited about that. But yeah, so my career has like, I don't feel boxed in anymore. And I think that um, it's been challenging. It's like very, very hard to still every audition I go to, I'm really the only person that looks like me in a room and it slowly gets more and more diverse, but it's, you know, it's still like a difficult task to like keep showing up in these spaces and kind of like carve a path for myself here. But yeah, I, I think it's, I've grown a lot in the space and, um, am proud of kind of what that trajectory has looked like. Is, um, is the hard part like the work or is it like the mental side of things and continuing to like break down, you know, walls and. Um, it's a little bit of both. I think that, um, 
I think the mental side of things and like the identity side of things is really probably the biggest challenge. One is I am constantly battling this feeling of, you know, loneliness and not feeling completely understood um, just because for South Asian people, everyone dances. Like Indian dance is such a big part of our culture. We see it in TV and movies and it, it, it's like such a big part of our lives. So when I tell someone I'm a dancer, that's kind of what they expect and um, that's what they know and love. And I love that too. But it's very different than, you know, what radio, what we do at Radio City or what we do on So You Think You Can Dance. And so I think that um, lack of understanding sometimes has been really hard because in this space that I'm in, there is very, very little South Asian representation. So I think that's one element of loneliness. Two is I think that while I'm an artist, there's obviously this like massive business side to my brain and that also creates like a gap in understanding of there aren't a ton of people who kind of cross between those worlds. And so, um, you know, the fact that I met Nick in college and that we aligned in that way, like really helped me and has really given me a place to, you know, feel seen and feel a partnership. Um, so, yeah, I think I just, I feel like an anomaly a lot and I feel like I don't quite fit into a bunch of different spaces. Um, but at the same time, there are folks that like I look up to who I know have had that same experience in that, you know, even if I don't, don't completely relate to their exact experience, like I know that, you know, I can carve my That's own cool. kind of version of that. So, yeah. And is that what motivates you is like kind of, you know, setting new highs, breaking new records? Um. What motivates me is really like it, thinking about, um, you know, my my former self or the spaces I was in as a kid. I would even 10 years ago or even, you know, six, seven years ago when I graduated college, I would never anticipate this being my life right now, like at all whatsoever. Um, and I think that is what motivates me is that I I, I think have a career that I never thought was possible for anyone, let alone like someone that looked like me. And I just think that that is like a big motivator because already like I go back to dance competitions all the time as a judge and uh, teacher. And, you know, if there are even people of color that are like, you know, so hungry and eager and don't like see themselves represented, I that like really motivates me to be like, OK, it's important to be here and it's important to keep doing this work. Um, so... So yeah, I think that's like a big motivator is that it's just like creating space for other people. Are there any other like big motivators? Um, I think, so that's like in the dance industry. I think when it comes to arts work, my startup, the, the really big motivator is kind of what I talked about in that first year is there's there's this, I guess, trend for people to have to choose either being creative or doing something traditional and it's like such a big disparity and I think I really experienced that my first year in New York where I either had to only be an artist or I had to only work like a full-time job and I just like I've always lived in the middle of that I've always like done both in ways that were important to me so um I think the fact that like choosing just an arts career is like so unlivable and so impossible in some ways um it made me really sad and I was like this is a huge gap and that sucks and like if you think about diversity that that that's a big reason that people can't take the leap 
to do this, you know? How are you going to pay rent and make money? And so to me, that is another like massive motivator of uh, there's just like a structural gap here and there is such a need for flexible income. There's such a need for benefits. Um, and that's a lot of what we do with the company is match people to income and benefits. So that is like, I think my, my, my bigger motivator in terms of what my career is starting to look like now. It made you sad. It made me very sad. I mean, it's so hard. I, I spent my 23rd birthday just like in my room by myself sobbing. Cause I was like, this life is so hard. And I just couldn't wrap my head around why all these things that I knew for my whole life weren't structurally available anymore. And I think um, like that pain point is like what drives our entire company and like what I do with my life now. So 23rd birthday. 23rd birthday. <laughs> Where were rough. you? Uh, I was in my apartment in New York and I was just crying the whole day. Crying. <laughs> it was good. It was really good. <laughs> <laughs> I had no friends <laughs> around me. It was awesome. Hmm. Uh, when's your birthday? November. Oh, coming up. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> Scorpio. Around the corner. Around, around the, corner. the corner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it'll be different this year. Hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. This year I'll actually be at Radio City, so that will be oh, totally different experience. I have no idea what that will look like, but yeah. And so it sounds like with arts work, you're really trying to like in this idea of like the starving artist kind of thing and help people kind of work on multiple things. I love your like merch wear where you like, you literally have like, uh, I think it's like a beanie and maybe like a fanny pack that's like for multi and it, like the slogan hyphen it. Yeah. That really was, I think when we started it, we started it during the pandemic and um, almost all artists lost their livelihood. And so we had always, Nick and I had like a spreadsheet of ideas that we would riff on and be like, this could be easier. This could be easier. Why is this so hard? You know, and um, from that, we were like, you know, there we always wanted to build something or like innovate together in this space. Um, we just didn't know what in the right time would be. And then COVID, it's like, you know, we were out of work. Everyone was out of work. So let's do something about it. Um, we actually started as a LinkedIn for artists and the idea was any type of artist join the platform and start connecting and, you know, track your work, be able to um, get employed more easily, et cetera. Um, and that was great. And we generated a lot of early like brand awareness traction off of that. But we realized we were missing the piece of a transaction happening. Mm -hmm. And the goal of why we were doing this is to get money into artist pockets and to, yeah, to like dismantle this starving artist narrative. So one of our advisors actually is a, like a very close mentor of mine, um, Apayo Kadakia. She's the founder of ClassPass and we met through dance years ago, but she uh, really pushed us to be like, okay, how do, how do you get money into artists' pockets? Like, so, like just like, like literally pause. how does it get into their pockets? Like, like literally, literally. <laughs> like pause on the site. You don't need it. You don't need to like build anything. Just like the two of you, like how do you like, get money from anywhere into their pockets. And that was such a good exercise for us because we just we just started doing it. We started making matches. We found Facebook groups where 
in a, in a very small, you know, bucket of our users on the site were dancers and dance teachers. And we were like, okay, with, with like a hundred people, what can we do? How can we make these a hundred people money? And so we started um, finding Facebook groups where there was this need for, you know, substitute teachers for private lessons, for master classes, And we just started matching people to uh, artists to these jobs. And uh, now you know, that has evolved into like a full-fledged marketplace product. Um, But on the business side, we actually saw a lot, a lot of demand and need. So like, it's really, really hard for businesses to find artists. They're like Mm -hmm. posting on Facebook, on Instagram. It's like such a gap. And if they don't get an artist, it, it costs them like, you know, a quarter of their revenue if like one, you know, teacher goes missing, right? So there has to call out for the year. And so... It ended up being a pain point that we noticed like on the client side as well as for the people we originally wanted to serve. Um, And so now it's um, a marketplace, but it's B2B on the client side. There's like a SaaS subscription and it's really it handles uh, discovery payments, um, scheduling for the client side. And then for the artist side, you know, I used to do this work and or I people would like hand me a envelope of a thousand dollars. Like literally I've found just like bundles of cash in my What do you mean from like if I go to a dance studio, they just like literally hand me like, here's uh, your money for for the work, for For the work. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. I just didn't know. Yeah. Like where where are you going to get? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But I guess all that to say. Did that happen on the way in here? Right. Um, It's like all that to say, it's just a very um, kind of like, old school Mm, market um there's not a lot of technology and it makes it really hard to put that money into things that you need like benefits like in like you know sick pay things like that so um on the artist side you know there's a digital wallet you can put that money away towards health insurance we have a partner for that and sick pay um and we're gonna like keep building that benefit suite so yeah so it's kind of helping both sides of the market and that's really what excites me now is that like that pain point of like not being able to find work and having such a gap in like flexible income we're now solving. And yeah, that that like really, really excites me. How do you like, like building a company is super hard. Being at the top of your game as a dancer has got to be super hard. How do you decide where to put time and energy? Yeah, it's very tricky. Um, I, have gotten way, way, way more intentional. I think I, the pandemic helped with this a lot because everything went away. Um, And I was definitely someone who was, you know, spread very thin. I was freelancing, I was dancing, I was doing a bunch of different things pre-pandemic. But, you know, everything went away and I kind of got to build back in just the things that I really wanted to do and cared about. So for me, that's looked like primarily working on arts work. Um, I was freelancing for other startups for a bit just to like make money um and just to like I also really enjoyed freelancing because I got to see so many different startup problems at different stages um and that like helped inform the company so much um and then so my my primary focus and priority is arts work um and then for dance I try to stay as connected to it as possible, um, but it is a little bit more secondary. The reason is because I think I can make more impact on the dance industry and on the entertainment industry by building this company. 
but I need to stay connected to dance because one, you gotta it's, know what people are going through. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's the reason we're doing this, right? Like if I, if I don't, um, participate, I just have no idea what's happening. And every time, even if I take a dance class or if I, you know, doing this show, I'm going to feel that pain point so acutely again. And so, um, I just think it's important to stay connected to it. Nick, my co-founder is actually on tour, um, the Broadway tour of frozen right now. Um, and he like, you know, builds a startup in during the day and like, you know, does a show every night. Um, and I think we just like have come to terms with that. That is what our lives are going to look like in some capacity. Um, and that doesn't make us less of dancers or less of founders. Um, it's just like we are at this intersection. That's just like what our career is going to look like. So yeah, I love it. Yeah. I love it. Would you say like that collaboration, that partnership, like, is it like because the organization, because the founders both embody this you know, portfolio, career, lifestyle, then it makes it easier? Or is it just like, like, do you like, long story short, like if someone is trying to continue to pursue either freelance work or creative work, and do you think being at a company that like the people there also do that? Do you think that that helps or it's hard um, to say? I think that one working with Nick to build this is is the best part about it. Mm. Like I, um, I think ideas change and evolve, and it's already you know changed in a few ways um, since we started it. But I trust our partnership, and I trust like the mission that we're building for, and like the problem that we're solving for. And so I think the people that we attract are going to be people who are like minded, probably. Um, and that that goes you know, for like new hires, for investors, for like people on our board, our advisors. Um, actually, like speaking of Pyle, she, she, you know, is a dancer. That's the reason she found a class pass. And like every time I talk to her, she asks me about dance before anything else, before we mm. talk about the business side. And I, I really appreciate that. That's like so helpful to me. And I know that's not something that like, I know, I know a lot of people told her to stop dancing. And I think I really appreciate that because she was like, I need a dance to fuel, you know, this company. That's like the reason that I built it. And um, I feel the same way. And I just feel really that's like why where that representation matters a lot of like having someone that like understands and that can rally for you and that you can see that this path worked, you know. Um, so, yeah, I really appreciate that she encourages both of us to you know, live this kind of dynamic life and that that's OK and that we can still succeed in, in this way as well. Wow. Yeah. That's cool. First question she asked about dance. Hmm. So really trying to, like, it seems like you've really been like, you know, kind of sc scratching your own itch, like building a company that like you wish they existed. Is there anything else that, um, you want to say to people that are, you know, pursuing these kind of paths of, uh, portfolio careers, multi-habitant lifestyles, like, yeah, I think that uh, on the first day of college, someone told me surround yourself with passionate people who inspire you. And that just really stuck with me because I think every road I've taken in my career has, if I'm with good people and focused on people who inspire me, people who energize me, that is all I need. And I think that... Um, you know, not everyone's going to understand what you do <laughs> and not everyone understands. Most people don't understand what I do. <laughs> 99%. Um, but that's okay. And it's because like the people in my circle, 
do. And I feel um, like that gives me the confidence to be like, okay, there is, there is a path here. And I just think we need to talk about it more. It's like getting more popular, especially post pandemic. And so the more that we talk about it and validate that, you know, we are such dynamic human beings um, and capable of so many different things. I think like we just create better worlds and we innovate more, you know? So, yeah. Hell yeah. Well, if there's anything else you want to share, let us know. If not, let us know how we can stay in touch, follow along, support. Yeah. where, where, Where can we learn more? Yeah. Um, well, I'm on Instagram, Ramitha.Ravi. And then um, Artswork is artswork.com. And you can hire dance teachers, photographers, videographers, um, and we'll soon be opening up to other buckets of artists as well. Um, so yeah, artswork.com or Artswork Official on Instagram. Cool. All right, Rami, thank you so much. Yay, thank you. Hey friend, thank you for tuning in to this special episode of Portfolio Career Podcast. Would love to hear what you learned and what you enjoyed. Um, You can find me on Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, whatever is best for you. And as a reminder, I'm just one email away as well. This episode with timestamp notes is available on my website at PortfolioCareerPodcast.com. There you can subscribe to my newsletter called One Email Away which includes the best insights from the podcast and friend-sourced opportunities. So excited for you to build and grow your portfolio career. Thank you so much.